What's up, Nana Nation and sports fans in Toronto? What's up, everybody? This is Anthony Nolhepe recording live and direct from the Billy Shears Podcast Studio. Still and probably always in lovely Milton, Ontario. Um, hey, guys. So uh, before we get into the good, bad, and Toronto, I just want to say thank you so much for tuning in. I know we've got a lot going on with uh, the NFL season going on and the boys from Mustard really taking the reins. But I just wanted to let you guys know we got some stuff in the bank. We're going to release it. Uh, I got a great recording coming up with uh, Melky. Uh, I think we're going to call it Spooky Sexy Halloween. And then also I got a recording with Tim Carr coming up. Also Milk and Cookies in the bank too. So we got some stuff coming up. Uh, sorry, it's been a little bit slow on my end on, this, uh, on the thread. But thank God for those boys from Mustard Town because they are holding the ship straight. With that being said, on with the show. All right, this is, gonna be, this is probably going to be a painful one to do, but I'm glad I'm doing it with you, buddy. Yeah, that's why we have alcohol, my friend. Mm-hmm. All right, let's get the pain over with. Let's What's up, Nana Nation and lovers of Toronto sports? This is Anthony Happy recording live and direct with my bro from the Ville, Mr. Ball Walker. What's up, baby? Yeah, man, we're back. Another, uh, another season of heartbreak. I'm ready to get hurt again. Let's do it. Let's do this. I am in a abusive relationship with Toronto Sports. Yep. Maybe the new working title for this this series. Uh, this is the good, the bad in Toronto. I'm joined by Bob Walker. We break down Toronto Sports. Bob, do we have anything to celebrate? Because I feel like I'm in a dark spot right now. Well, I mean, I can't talk about it on this pod, but Bayern Munich is just looking, firing on all cylinders. So that's a positive. I mean, if you want to join that bandwagon. But... If we're going to stick with Toronto, there's there's some small positive. There's a little bit of good. I mean, Toronto Argos, they just lost to the Alouettes, but they're tied for first, six and four, uh, four games left. So we could see some actual Argos football that's... Uh, meaningful? Worth, yeah, meaningful, worth something going into November. And I mean, the, the Great Cup is in Hamilton this year, so... It's like wannabe Toronto. It's fine. <laughs> Uh, for, for those checking in for Blue Jay edition and Leaf edition updates, we yeah. will be covering that in this app. Uh, I, just, I didn't want it to be too repetitive doing an end-of-season Blue Jays, even though the time would be great for the in-depth stuff. Uh, and then, of course, Leaf edition. We kind of get lost in, in the Blue Jay playoffs and didn't re- or uh, playoff attempt, I should say. So we didn't really have time to do anything for the Leafs. Uh, so we'll, we'll tie that all in in this episode. This will be the death of the Jays 2021 season and the birth of the Leafs 2021-22 season. So with that being said, why don't you tell us about the boat, boatmen? Yeah, so like I said, so <laughs> there are uh, four games left in the, in the CFL. Uh, they just lost to Montreal, who took over first place from the Argos, but they've been a surprise. There's meaningful games coming. I mean, the guy who played for the Eagles, their quarterback, Bethel Thompson, just threw, what, four interceptions. So it's hard to even put them in the in the good uh, the good section right now, but we have to take our small victories. I, I don't know about you. Do you have any small victories for us before? And yes, I know you just brought it up. I didn't even want to mention the name of the Leafs or, well, I actually, I'm okay with the Jays, but we'll get, <laughs> we'll get to that later. Yeah, man. Um, so there's a little bit of news when it came to the Toronto Wolf Pack. We yep. believe that they were dead. We really didn't know what was happening. Uh, happy to know that the Wolfpack are now, um, there's a new league, the NARL, no relation to the NA30 podcast. The <laughs> NARL is the North American Rugby League. 
It was supposed to start this season, and it was supposed to kick off with the Canada Cup, where uh, obviously two teams from Canada would play each other. That didn't happen. The Canada Cup happened. The Wolfpack played the D.C. Cavalry and won the first ever Canada Cup. Uh, and then we won't play another meaningful game until next year when the season hopefully ki- or this, the league actually kicks off. But good little fun point. Once upon a time when this podcast was young in its infancy, we had one Jason Chuck, Humber College's most decorative rugby player, come in and break down uh, rugby and what it is and introduce the Nana Nation to rugby. Well, guess who's the star player for this year's Toronto Wolfpack? That's right. Jason Chuck, a.k.a. DJ Jason Chuck, leading the Toronto Wolfpack. Once heard here, now seen there. Who knew? Who knew? Future stardom, baby. Future stardom. Tie it up, baby. So, yeah, that's a little bit of good news. Good. I'm excited, man. This team, uh, you've been there since the beginning, so it's always positive to hear that they're going in, in some form right direction. You know, right, since they won, been lo- and, you know, we've had highs and lows with this team. Uh, the NR, sorry, the NARL will not be really high level, not compared to what we were used to, but it's a foundation a lot like MLS. Actually, the tie-in to MLS is that is the same people who started MLS here in North America are doing the same with the rugby league. So if the Wolfpack can one day regain their glory and be up there with the TFC, that'd be a great thing. Hey, you got to start building the legacy, right? You got to start small. So here we go. First step. Amen, baby. Amen. Unfortunately, Bob, this might be where everything ends for positive. Well, maybe, maybe. We got borderline. We got borderline. Okay. Break it down for me. Okay. Do, oh man, I struggle. I kind of want to put the Raptors in the good right now, even though they are a shit team, but I, (laughs) I I have to grab my positive where I can. Great last game. Scotty Barnes is looking legit. Uh, I'm going to break down this obviously more in detail with milk and nothing but miss coming up. But, um, you know, a few bright spots, there's going to be some games this year where it's going to be, it's going to be tough to watch, but also some bright spots. Yeah, there definitely be some bloats this year, but I think the Raps may surprise a bit. I think they're going to be a little a middle to the to tail end pack team. Yeah. But I mean, it'll be an improvement last year, and I think that's the real thing. Is like, where is Scotty Barnes going to go this year? Like, see, like I, Scotty B or S Barnes or S Beth. Um, we're going to work out the nickname. Yeah. This team's future all depends on this guy. And I know that they're not putting it on him right now. You got guys like uh, Fred Van Beet who are going to hold or carry that right now. But where, where Freddie was a couple seasons ago, especially on that championship run, you know, a guy kind of out of nowhere making things happen. I really think that, you know, it's, it's going to be Scotty Barnes' team within, I don't know, three or four years or seasons. And let's just hope that, you know, guys like Van Fleet can be by his side and kind of coach him away, away along, I should say. OB would be a good two to have see him take a step forward too. So, yeah, I agree. You know what? I actually can kind of see them fighting for that eighth playoff spot this year, and that's a good sign because, I mean, me, me, Masai resigned in the uh, off season, and and we said that on nothing but miss so many times that that was one of the biggest question marks going into this was the future. Who's going to be steering this ship? So that's locked up, and you can trust that rebuild process with him at the helm and, and Bobby Webster. So at max, maybe three to four years of mediocre basketball. I doubt even that if we're going to be fighting for eighth. But yeah, you got Fred, you got OG who's a little banged up. Pascal's a little banged up, but 
Um, I mean, Goran Dragic, who's going to try and win over the fan base, who who talks shit at the very beginning, or there must have been a mistranslation. But yeah. you know what? Um, if the guy's going to show up and be a team player, then what? it is what it is. I mean, it's so hard to get NBA stars or anyone to really embrace that uh, Toronto like you come play for in another country. Like we have enough trouble as Jays fans try to get superstars here. So it's just, you know what, if you're going to come here and play and do your job and perform well, then that's at the end of the day that all that matters. So yeah, few bright spots for the wraps. Yeah. And I think the, the big thing too, is that this, this is really a no pressure season. Um, you look at that, that 19 uh, championship season and that, that team, uh, everybody's gone except for three guys, maybe. Yeah. Just yeah, who we talked about, like, uh, Freddie, Ob, uh, and then we got um, oh. Pascal. So, I mean, it's those guys are, are the the last. There's no pressure. What I'm trying to say is, all those guys have departed. Now it's time to pick up the pieces, build this team back up, and hopefully get them into a top spot or at least reputable in this in the uh, conference. Yeah, you know what? There's a glaring spot that we're we've lost Kyle Lowry, and, and hopefully he comes back, retires his number, and the guy's a, a hero. But it's the year of the super teams. Like it's going to come down to Brooklyn, Miami, uh, lesser extent Phoenix, but also the LA team. So you're right. It's and not Milwaukee's top. still in it too. Don't count yeah, Milwaukee out. They didn't, move, they didn't move. Yeah. They didn't lose anybody. Yeah. Giannis earned that freak nickname. I mean, the guy, his weak glaring spots, everybody chirped him for is what he performed well in, in the finals. So yeah, I, I'm not forgetting Milwaukee. Great call. So yeah, you're right. In a way, no pressure on Toronto. Like, uh, we did the things we needed to do. We draft. I mean, a controversial <laughs> Melky still somewhat pissed off. We didn't get Suggs, but I, I like Scotty Barnes. He looks like an actual uh, bona fide star in the making, and he's a real locker room guy. And compared to some of the other fucking Toronto teams in this city, who apparently have no heart unless you're 38 years old, uh, you know what? I'll I'll take it. Yeah, um, let's say goodbye to the sunshine and bring on the, <laughs> the gloom of a rainy. Oh. Or a snowy day. Yeah. Um, the way that I feel right now, actually, you know what? Let's end. Let's end the Jays now because they're they're kind of a borderline. They're kind of it's kind of good because they did have a decent season, but of course it's kind of bad. I'm gonna crack out my notes from. Um, I, I'm from, gonna say it's good. I'm gonna say it's good. Yeah, but I think overall it's good. We're we're looking at a 91 and 71 finish, which yeah. is fourth in the in the LAE. Uh, sorry, the uh, AL East. One and game out of a wild card. One game out of a wild card. I mean, if we want to talk about the mystique of one game, like, man, they, they lost nine games by two, uh, one runner or more, or sorry, two runs or less. You look at any of those flips, that's uh, the wild card game. But something's crazy in that number nine there because if they had won all those games, two of them were against Tampa, they would have taken the division if they won those nine games. So, you know, that that's all those shit games in May that we are fucking losing our hair over, and they fucking it, it came back to haunt them. That bottom line is it came back to haunt them. Yeah, I completely agree. I mean, we there's recorded proof of us talking about this that these blown games and by our bullpen and when the bats got cold, like this is what's going to lose you out of the like playoffs in baseball are such a, a tricky bitch. I mean, there's so few spots and there's so many teams and the season is so long. There's so many, like that's one of the beauties of, of baseball is there's so much that can happen. And it's just, you knew, like we, we had those texts, those group chats, you Melky, myself. And it's just like, this is going to come back and haunt us. Like we were up. We were up going into the seventh. How many times? 
Oh my God. How, I, if we counted, I, I would say at least five times there was a text between you and me, but like, like, I, I can't, I can't, like it's, I could be <laughs> pitching. I could be pitching. Uh, let, let's look at some positives before we, I mean, we just make this all gloom. Um, records broken by the Jays this year. There's some pretty amazing stuff. Uh, so you had Vladdy hitting more home runs than any 22 year old in the hundred plus years of baseball. Pretty awesome. Uh, subtle note. I was at that game. Bob, you had your chance. You had to go to some dumb wedding. Who cares? Did they both say yes at least? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Family had a great time. They appreciated right. you showed up. So yeah, but right. Mad Jelly and Vladdy, uh, just a superstar. You know what? It's too bad the Triple Crown didn't happen for him. Uh, yeah. Still a really great season. Twenty. Really? You know, the fact that they're they're gonna give the MVP to Otani hurts because. Uh, you know, Otani's been doing this for a couple of years. He hasn't been healthy. He wasn't really healthy this year towards the tail end of it. Um, you know, we're, Vlad's only going to be 22 this season, right? And the end of the, and that means is, like, he was a 22-year-old on a hitting streak, like a historic hitting streak. And, yes, Otani was pitching and hitting. I get it. But I'm not that impressed by it because there's a whole league of pitchers who do that in the other division. So you're not, you're not getting me with that. You know, I don't think it's as important as a 22-year-old tearing up the league. Um, that being said, Marcus Semyon hit more home runs than any second baseman in the history of baseball. Another cool stat. I want that man resigned. Yes. Oh, don't, oh, the winter meeting breakdown Jays edition is going to be all about how can we make this happen? Because we need this guy on the team. Yeah. And just multiple points, just because I was going to have like shoot three off in a row. Like I like to do go on a tangent, but back to the Vladdy thing. I was okay, you know, logic-wise, yeah, Otani winning MVP, the incredible work that he's doing, because I actually was talking on this podcast, I wanted that triple crown for Vladdy, and I thought it was in within reach. Uh, the guy had 48 home runs, yeah, I think he, at 22, he should be the fucking MVP. He's the best player in baseball last year that isn't throwing the ball, so piss me off but yes uh Simeon, back to him we should definitely resign i think way more um important than ray yeah uh when when that conversation uh the ray or Simeon, who should you sign or i mean if you can't sign both i 100 percent believe Simeon is a right call a he's a threat in the lineup he's a fantastic guy Everyday. everyday guy and the bottom line with ray to be honest he probably get the cy young this year which i'm on board for bottom line for me is i think the cat's out of the bag on him i think teams have kind of figured him out and you saw that with his last three starts one win is the last three starts um and i think they kind of figured him out i think being a two-pitch pitcher has won him over this season but i think overall it's not gonna it's not gonna help his market value as much as people think it is um, moving on, uh, some other crazy stats. Um, first team to hit a goal red home run while trailing in the final schedule inning of both games of a double, double header, kind of a weird thing to win, but I mean, they, <laughs> they counted it multiple hits by this in the same inning by three players for the first time in Jay's history, Guerrero, two singles, Bouchette and, um, Teo both having homers right. and a single pretty cool. How about seven guys on your team? Seven guys in your lineup hitting 20 home runs or more. Pretty impressive. That's, 11. That's, I mean, you only have, what, eight guys batting? Nine guys yeah. batting? Everybody wants to talk about the 2016 team, 2015 team, and those bats. I mean, what we did this year was incredible. And, and it shows, too, because we actually finished with a better record than those fucking teams. We just, typical ALE shit. Yeah. And, uh, and if you think of you only had Springer half the season. 
Yeah. If you have Springer the whole season, let's say he gets another 10 maybe home runs. So then you have four players who have 30 home runs or more. I mean, that's an incredible number. I don't care. I love that guy too. And you know what? At the start of the season, I was in the camp that why did we pick up another outfielder when we should have spent that money on someone else, mainly in pitching. But yeah, I love when Springer's health healthy, he is a difference maker. I mean, the bat's hot, obviously the guys love him. So yeah. And let's not talk, like, let's not forget to talk about the fact that his defensive play this year was great for the the limited time he had in the outfield. Absolutely. Uh, Okay. So a couple more uh, impressive things, 11 runs, um, the 11 runs matched a team record for any inning accomplished three times, 84, 2007, um, 95. And thank you. 95. Yeah. Um, 11 runs, one inning against, uh, against Baltimore, uh, pretty impressive. But then they also had that heater against uh, Boston too. So I think teams with the starting that start with B maybe might be a good thing for the Jays. I don't know. That, that's a reach, a stretch. I get it. <laughs> but just another cool stat. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And then uh, four home runs uh, in a frame. Bichette, Hernandez, uh, Kurt, and Semyon uh, also tied a franchise mark, set first in 2001 to get the Rangers. So, I mean, some cool stuff. I mean, at the end of the day, at the end of the day this is – Kind of the coming out party for the Blue Jays. Bats were alive. Starting pitching was okay. Bullpen was garbage. But the nice thing was that that management saw and tried their best to fix the bullpen as much as they could. And the bullpen at the end of the season was actually pretty respectable. So good things to look for next year. Yeah, I've been critical of this management team since day one when they took over. And I mean, kudos to our former manager who's going to go to the World Series, Alex. I'm obviously going to be cheering for the Braves. Um, But this team, for being the youngest team, well, one of the youngest teams in baseball, yeah, they were affected by these hot and cold stretches. But our hot stretches, we were maybe the most dominant team in baseball, at least batting-wise and pitching was up there. So that is something to look forward to and definitely why they're in the good category because you're right, it is a coming out party. I mean, if we can just keep improving and get these right pieces, like that, that's incredible. I mean, we were one of the best teams and what's the average age? I mean, these guys are so young. We, we think Vladdy's what, 22. I mean, it's incredible. Yeah, I mean, I, th- I think overall, I mean, we, we got at least five years of some really great teams coming up because I think it was Stephen Brunt. I might be mistaken. It might have been uh, Jeff Blair. But they said this is the last season that they're not picking the Jays to win the AL East and the upcoming seasons. That's a great thing. I mean, these are people, you know, they might be saying it because it's Toronto media, but typical Toronto media loves to kick you in the nuts. So this is a good thing. Um, let's go to some of the predictions, we bold predictions we made at the beginning of the season. Um, you said we were going to end up with uh, 89 wins. I said 90 wins. The actual was 91 wins. I'll take that tick. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I I mean, usually I go a little crazy, try to see, see, try to get you to pop across the uh, city, but I'm glad I took that one. Thank you very much. Yeah. Like, obviously, you did a prices right thing. I I can't even remember how he did it, but you go one over. Typical prices right. (laughs) Yeah. I wish, I wish that was it. (laughs) The bottom line, the bottom line is, um, fuck it. Take it. Take it. I'll take it. How, how many pitchers, starting pitchers, will the Blue Jays use this year? You yeah. said nine. I said 25. In actuality, 19 pitchers, sorry, 17 pitchers recorded a start for the Blue Jays this year. 
Um, when it comes to starting pitching, we all had question marks. It turned out it was actually pretty decent. Yeah, it was. And you know what? There were some times, especially at the start of the season, too, we had some serious concerns going in. And I mean, that's the beauty of sports to have these hot overtake reactions when you're only a couple of games in case in point, the team we're about to talk about in a bit, but um, yeah, serious concerns. So you're right. I, I obviously, the nine was kind of more of a bullshit answer and I wish I gave a bit more of a serious answer. Cause that's really low, but you know what? Not bad. Not bad. Like I actually thought that it was going to be over your number almost. Like there, there was a small at the very beginning of the season. Just I was like, yeah, we're just gonna hit yeah. some crazy number. I thought for sure, uh, like three three Bisons were gonna get at least one start. I thought, and I thought for sure that uh, that Pearson was gonna get a start this year. I don't think he, I think he might have recorded one. I don't know actually for sure, but uh, when I, it's been a couple weeks since I wrote this. But um, okay, that anyways, guy, that guy started to look better at the end of the year too. You know, I'll tell you this: that game that you were supposed to come to with me, we were like ten rows back from home plate. And him staying on the mound with his stature and the fact that he's filling out, he's an intimidating factor when you see him in person. I know he looks like he's 14 years old and probably plays video games and eats Cheetos all the time, but this isn't Gooby, okay? This is a legit baseball player. Let's go. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Love you, Goops. Okay, it's all good. All right. Moving on. Vladdy home runs. I said 30 going on the fact that he was ice cold at the end of last season. You said 30 plus. The man impressed us all with an impressive 48 home runs. Come on now, baby. Unreal. This is best case scenario. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, guys almost got the triple crown. He's up there for MVP besides maybe a once in a lifetime pitcher uh, that we're seeing right now. So yeah, blew our expectations away. I was trying to be moderate. I will take this small win, but I don't even deserve it because 48, I did not even have that in mind. I, I was really hoping for 40 and a real hot run towards the end of the season was, was my dream. A hundred percent. And you know, that, that bullshit that uh, Perez also has 48 home runs, yeah. fucking, like 20 year catcher. The guy's got no needs. There's no <laughs> way. Give me a break. I want him tested for sure. This guy never had a season more where he hit more than 30 home runs. And all of a sudden, after all these years in the league, he hits 48 bombs. Fuck off. Oh, you uh, first folks. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. All right. Uh, how many games will Biggio play at third base? You said 10. I said 20. Actuality, 14 and a half. Man, I'll give this one to you because you're a touch closer, half game closer. Yeah. yeah. But um, I, I thought for sure Biggio would at least had half the season there. Like, I, I thought 30 games is probably not going to even be enough. Uh, shocked that he barely played any games at third. Yeah, I mean, I mean, multiple injuries, including the guy we're talking about, and probably the most inconsistent position all season long, and, and maybe the biggest question mark going out. Like, I mean, you had guys like Espinal, uh, who had different, you know, their defense was incredible, but then their bats are fucking cold. Or do you throw a guy in there with a hot bat, but then the balls are just going over his head or going in between his legs? Like, it was a, it was a big question mark all season. And, I mean, I kind of had that feeling but i was hoping that you know one of these guys especially kevin was going to lock it up and just it hasn't happened well i mean it's a whole other thing like who are they have? like belterra uh hand uh biggio espinal who espinal who hand be- the secret agent you mean yeah yeah exactly the guy who was supposed to fix it all the left-handed yeah. bat that's going to fix it all yeah uh it, it blew me away the fact that espinal great defensively pretty cold bat the bat started to warm up but still, I don't know if he 
I don't, if you're going to be a contender, I don't know if you can be your everyday third base guy. But the, the bottom line with Espinal is that the team loves him, and he has a spot on that team. So again, next year, if they end up going after, um, I'm sorry, from the uh, from Cleveland, uh, I can't remember his name, Hernandez. I don't. Anyways, um, it's, it's escaping my mind right now. Bottom line is, if they end up with a third baseman, I don't know if Calvin's the answer next year. Although I want him on the team, I just don't know where the guy fits in. Yeah, I don't know, man. He, um, this was a year for a lot of guys to try and make their mark on this team because you're at that transition period where <clears throat> if you're not going to make it, they're now having the funds. I mean, hopefully with whatever Roger's situation is and who's going to be in charge of that corporation with whatever's going on. But you know what? They're going to be building the team. And, and if you're not that guy, now they're going to bring someone in. Who is so yeah yeah kind of disappointed as well all right um next question next prediction does kirby yates play for the jays in 2021 you said no i said yes congratulations on this point yeah i don't like being right about that one but it was just kind of obvious with kirby and it sucks too because if he played and if he's healthy and the way that he's supposed to be then fuck we have kirby yates pretty sick I, and I think in those early days with that bullpen, if you had Romano as a setup guy and Yates as your closer or whatever, that would have been amazing. Like, I mean, that could have saved you a handful of games. I, I I think so too. I think if if Yates was, if that's the best case scenario and Yates was healthy all season and he was in that rotate, for sure we have a couple more wins and we're only one game off. Well, who's to say? And, and the way the playoffs have played out with Red Sox and Tampa and all that, I mean, Jays could have. I know. And, and bottom line too, even if he was decent this season and they were able to flip him. Yeah. Yeah. Money. Yeah. Uh, okay. So last one, who will be the real closer for the blue Jays? You said Merriweather. I said Romano. Way to go, dude. Thank you. You know, yeah. I'm always going to go with my, my Italian brethren and uh, Jordan Romano from Mark Ontario, please for the Italian national team, but a blue Jay. Yeah. Tight pants. But I mean, that guy can pitch just, the, the best one we had. I mean, the most confident I felt watching end of games, that guy on the mound. I agree. Um, fun side note, when we're talking about closers, uh, nine different pitchers recorded a save for the Blue Jays this year. Nine. Yeah. You know, in, in, you know I think back at the glory years of 92, 93, only one guy recorded saves, Tom Hankey. Then Dwayne Ward. I mean, now with nine different guys, I, I get it. There's some, some times where the, those, people, like, those guys aren't available, but that's, that's, that's whack. Nine different closers. Anyways, it was, that's the kind of year it was for the Blue Jays. It, I mean, it just shows that we're searching for answers. Like, we're, we're a good team. That's what I'm saying. These hot streaks, we're the most dominant team, so it's definitely something to look forward to. But, uh, yeah, these are these third base and that. We've got to clean this stuff up if we want to take that next step. That's why we didn't make the playoffs. Bingo, bingo. Oh, and also I wanted to say, too, uh, I was listening to Buck Martinez. He phoned in on an interview, and he brought up a good point, too, that as much as you want Ray, I think you go after Simeon and then try to uh, lock up Matt. And I think we try to secure some other spots. And I, w- I thought it was a good point. So I, but I love Buck- it. I don't think you, let, you can let Simeon walk. Be, just because, A, I mean, yes, he had an incredible season. Uh, but, you know, like you see the impression he left on Bo Bichette. You see what he does pushing the guys forward, making it happen. Um, and I don't know, like, I don't know what you really give him. He's a 30 year old. You can get, you can give him a five year deal. It'd be fine. Like 
five years of Marcus Semien at second base or filling in the blanks anywhere else is is still a decent like a thirty five year old in at, at second base is not a big deal at all. I'm pretty sure Aaron Hill played like second base until he was like forty eight. So it's fine. You can do it. <laughs> yeah. Um o- overall for the Jays this season, where do you really put him, my man? Like I don't I don't know. I, I think this season's a success. I maybe give him a B. B minus maybe. I don't know. Missing the if they made the playoff B plus, maybe A minus, but right now kind of just a B for me. Um, you know what? I did have my critical moments and there were some very frustrating moments, but I'm going to give them a B. I think it was a good season. If they had made the playoffs, it, it's definitely a B plus almost an A minus. If they make the playoffs, like I I'm this close to giving them a B plus because you know what? 91 wins. is no joke. The AL East is tough. I mean, Tampa Bay Yankees, Boston, they had, I mean, Tampa Bay was dominant, but Boston Yankees had their hot and cold segments. The Yankees had their bats flying in September. I mean, we were that far off and then all, you know, Vladdy, Simi and a bunch of guys just break out seasons. I mean, we've got maybe the best pitcher of the year, certainly in baseball. Like there's a lot of good notes. And for the first time I'm going to give this management, uh, you know, like boss pass. I I'm going to agree with mama walks. The future is bright. And I mean, next year is going to be good. <laughs> so yeah, I'm going to put them in the good category right now. I'm giving them a B for sure. Yeah. And I, I, I didn't think so, but yeah. You know, um, really brought the energy. I, I know that the talk, oh, you know, it's a rough season because three different stadiums and, you know, the team doesn't help you find a house and blah, blah, blah. Like, you, you're not, you're not going to get me. Like, you're not going to get me with that because you, you play half the season on the road anyways. None of these guys are from the city. Maybe Jordan Romano. None of these guys are from the city, though. So, yeah, you're not at home. I get it. It's maybe not ideal, but you're still professional at the end of the day. So that argument I don't love, but I do think that this is a successful season, uh, especially after the last two seasons or the last three seasons that they've had. So I'll take it. But next year, I want blood. Oh, a hundred percent. And they're, you know what? They're lucky too, because in a way I'd be super fucking pissed off if Alex was going to the world series and we didn't have the kind of season we had with the record breaks and, and missing one game out. Like if we were 10 games under, we were out of the playoffs and just real shit. And Vladdy had only, I I'd be calling for blood right now too. So I'm going to agree with you next year is playoffs at the bare minimum, like, and win the wild card game too. Like not just play one game. I want to get into a five game series, seven game series. I think uh, when we do Jays edition winter meetings, I think we'll have lots to talk about. And hopefully the Jays did what they did last year and get guys signed early in the offseason. Make sure that they're comfortable with the idea. Move them early, whatever you have to do to get them into the city and get them comfortable. Because I'll tell you this, last game of the season, I was there with my buddy Matt. It was a great time. We were having a great time. The place was so electric just to be at that at 30,000 capacity, you know, two thirds of the way there. And, you know, moving forward, I got to imagine that it's going to be, you know, full capacity moving forward. I'm going to call it now that Jays are going to lead attendance next year, like they do most years when the team is good. But that this is going to be a fun ticket next summer to go to. So the team, the team almost has to be electric next year. So I would just put that out there as is. 
Yeah, I agree with you. There's there's nothing. I mean, we don't know what electric leaf uh, time is, but there's nothing better than summer buzz with the Jays. And when Toronto becomes a baseball town and everybody's just wearing their Jays stuff, the girls with the I Love BJ shirts, like it's just an absolute buzz in town. I'm excited for it. And you know what? As a sign of faith to the fans, you're right, man. Get these guys signed early. Do not pull the Kendris Morales, wait till the last fucking minute and sign whatever is left like that. This is not that team. It's time to uh, double down on what you said. I mean, you have all the stepping stones, all the parts to make this a great team playoff team. We're definitely in the process of getting over 91 wins that we got this year and that's playoff material. So let's fucking go. I can't wait for next year's uh, Jay's podcast because it should be hopefully pretty much almost every episode positive if Fingers crossed. Let's go full season <laughs> Springer. You know, yeah. whoever they sign in the offseason, I'm so curious to see what happens. And of course, all those young studs. I hope everyone's no one gets moved in the offseason for something that they could maybe get. You know, I and to be honest, too, I was really sad to see Austin Martin go. Um, yeah. I was really hoping he was going to be the next, you know, great J prospect. But you still have um, Groshan, who's a va- who may be the shortstop of the future or third baseman of the future for the Jays. With that being said, I can't wait for next season. Bob, thank you for this. Let's move on. Let's get emo, okay? Let's let's get the eyeliner on. You know, let's get sad, man. Let's get, bro, fucking my life, man. Fuck my life. Cut my life into pieces. <laughs> this <laughs> is my last resort. Oh, man, dude. Why do we even fucking bring these guys up? Okay, here we go. Okay. Disclaimer. Okay. Five games into the season. Who gives a shit, really? Five games into an uh, 82-game season, or if you're on the group chat today, 84-game season. I'm just I'm saying this. I haven't pushed the panic button yet. But I'm going to give them at least 20 games before I get super nervous. Right now, I'm, I'm not even digesting hockey the right way. I'm watching hockey, and I'm like, I feel a little foreign. I feel a little like I'm new to this game because all the things I thought I knew and all the things I preached last year came back and haunted me Yeah, all off season and all off season. I, I, I felt a disconnect from this team and I know I'm not the only one because every time I listen to sport radio, every time I look at our group chat, every time I talk to other hockey fans, it's all the same. This season doesn't mean shit until they win a playoff series. Yep. I'm on board with that statement. Will I watch the Leafs this year? Of course I'm going to watch Leafs this year. Will I be as invested as I was last year when basically the whole hockey season I was locked down and not able to work and my only high point of the day was watching Leaf games and watching smoke the North Division? Yes, I think. I'm not too sure where that question went. <laughs> 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 but you fucked yourself but but here's the thing <laughs> fool me once shame on me fool me yeah. twice shame on you i maple leafs i'm watching you from a distance this year i love you but i'm watching you from a distance this year i've been hurt before last year was supposed to happen last year was supposed to be way better than the season before that and it wasn't um you know kudos oh Fuck. Before I even get into that, I need to address the fuckheads at uh, the CCC. If you're not aware, I think it's called the Cozy Couch Confrontational. Maybe maybe not true. 
um, I would almost, I was almost go as far as say former friends of the show, Brian Smythe, Aaron Chalupa, and Tim Carr talking shit about me and the Toronto Maple Leafs. I'll tell you this. If <laughs> all you fucking have fans at being the season, at beginning the playoffs, MIA, nowhere to be find, found except for that fucking shady dude in Montreal with the long hair, fucking going be like, yo, we're going to beat them, we're going to beat them. And he looked like he's twitching like crazy, like he needs to take another inhale off his vape. You guys were all fucking, actually, Tim Carr was in there already, but all the other fucking Habs fans were nowhere close to being as supportive as you were after this, this series ended. Then you guys all fucking came out of your closets, dusted off your Saku Koibu jerseys, and got ready to party. <laughs> the only team worse than the fucking Leafs this year is yeah. fucking Montreal. Fuck you, you get what you did. You guys fucking played well and did well, but I'm thankful you lost the Stanley Cup because you guys fucking suck, and this is proving it. So fuck you all. Fuck you guys at the CCC. I'm just kidding. I love you guys. But fuck you guys. You ever talk shit about me again? I'm going to beat both of your faces in. Tim, I love you no matter what. They are the. They are maybe one of the worst teams in hockey this year. But, I mean, how can you even say that? Because they beat us in seven after all the shit we talked. I mean, how positive all of our episodes were. Like, it doesn't even I, Everybody knew how they, they were probably, and I mean, whatever. They can take offense to this. They were probably the worst team in the Stanley Cup final in years. I mean, simply put, but they kicked our ass. I mean, the one playoff series we should have won. And I felt like you this whole summer. I felt fucking indifferent. I didn't care. Like, for the first time, I mean... I, Obviously, I'm a bit of a liar if people were to ask me. And I'm like, no, I'm not going to watch this year. No, I don't care. I mean, obviously, I'm still going to care about the Leafs. I'm going to watch the games, yeah. But it's I don't know. It feels different than last year. This is the first time I'm, I'm truly disappointed and feel a bit indifferent. And here's what I'll say to everybody that, yeah, it's five games in. We shouldn't panic. Um, I'm actually going to agree with that dangle guy, even though for the most part I hate his yelling. But he made a great point. It's not just five games. It's five games coming off what happened fucking last year. It's five games coming off not only that year, but the year before that, the year before that, Washington, Columbus, Boston, all the bullshit. And, and the years before that, oh, yeah, that was a different Leaf team. It doesn't matter because it's the same Leaf team to us, and we're the ones who support you. So when I see guys like Mitch Marner and all of them, and maybe they're just trying to play it tough and, and show that not get to them, but when they look like they feel indifferent and it's just, oh, it's just on to the next game, on to the next game. It's complete horseshit. There is a reason to panic. I think, actually, that this Leaf team is worse than last year's Leaf team. I mean, yeah, there were some good players. I really like Bunting. Maybe we give Mrazic a chance. But here's the thing. Because of COVID and what have you, the salary cap was fucking stalled. These guys wanted their money. They got paid. Because of that, every year, guys leave. We don't re-sign guys, and we don't bring guys in of comparable nature. We find in bargain veterans who we can hopefully turn around guys who will go for the minimum. And then once they make money, they're going to go somewhere else. So it's fucking frustrating. And if you're a leaf fan, yeah, you can panic right now. This is complete bullshit. And, and I'm not asking for extreme changes. I don't think Dubas should be fired yet or anything, but it was a real turning point for me watching that all or nothing documentary. And I didn't want to watch it. I didn't give two fucks, but everybody's like, watch it, man, watch it. You'll like Sheldon Keith. There's some cool moments. Okay. It was almost kind of cathartic because I watched it two weeks ago 
And that's about the time that I started to somewhat care about the Leafs and actually look at like what we did in the offseason, what the lineups. I didn't watch a single preseason game. I didn't chat to you guys. I didn't bring up any Leaf questions. I didn't do my usual fire up self because I got other shit going on. I'm not going to waste it. I, I get it. My dad, we all make fun of him about how like negative of a Leaf fan he is. He's just had 60 fucking years of it. I get it. I get it. Is this my future, man? And honestly, I think almost the NHL is getting shittier in a way that it's just a, a, a dump and chase league. And this salary cap is complete bullshit that our like commissioner is in when he's maybe the worst commissioner. Anybody could have done this fucking job when sports was on the rise. Capitalism's making money grow. Like the, He did the bare minimum. These Southern teams are failing. It, it's shit. And we're always hampered by the salary cap, even though you hear about the great, how there's tax benefits going to play in Florida, what have you, that other teams get benefits. There should be a soft salary cap. The Leafs should be able to have a way better team than this. I know I sound like a hater, and rightfully so, but I'm frustrated with this team. And losing to Montreal in the playoffs was maybe the lowest point because they do their typical Toronto PR tour because there's 50 fucking different entertainment things to get your interviews and what have you. And they all say the right stuff. They've learned their lesson. They're going to work hard. Honestly, besides Jack Campbell and maybe my favorite Leaf right now, Jason Spezza, who is the only guy worth buying a jersey and who should have a letter right now the team can fuck off i know everybody's snake bit but whatever great for the fucking dress coat you all look so beautiful i'm clapping on the inside great i know i went on a rant there and i didn't want no, to I, I held it in i'm just regret, <laughs> i'm just regretting that they have popcorn because i was like yep okay now a couple of things of what you said first and foremost uh, Steve Dangle is a beauty, and how dare you ever offend him like that? He is a personal hero of mine. I'm and yeah, starting he does. to like him more. I'm starting to like him more. I'll tell you this about Dangle. Yeah, he yells, and it's cartoony. I get that. But seriously, I had that voice in the back of my head anyway, so if I'm watching on YouTube, it doesn't matter. It sounds like Charlie from It's Always Sunny. I started thinking of it like that. Oh, my God. That is brilliant, actually. Yeah. Did you think of that? Or is that, that is I, fucking I brilliant. just thought of that, yeah. It was- That's fucking brilliant, because he is. You're right. <laughs> um, but the bottom line is Steve Dangle knows his shit, and and he's got this impeccable memory of pulling out these crazy oh, names and stats. I, I love him. And you know what? And the bottom line is he's right about a lot of things. He's a right about, you know, what happens. Now, I think we got, I think we got a lot of that stuff out from last year. We, we did the app. I, I lost that bet to Tim Carr. I did a whole episode on, on the, are the Charmley Beliefs curse? You can still find that on our feed. Um, <laughs> and you know what? Tim Carr, Double or nothing this season. Who's going to do better? At least you have. Okay, fine. I'm in. Um, That's not a bet worth taking. Yeah. Habs are shit and the Leafs are shit. Habs are definitely worth though. They're a bad team, man. They're yeah. really bad. Um, they, they're unfortunate for them. The whole thing with Kakiyemi. I mean, I funny. love it. Funny. I love it. And thank you, Carolina, for making this season worth my attention. Because Habslose.com. Fantastic. Yeah, I, I'm in. And you know what? I will always be a Leaf fan. They will always be my number one team. But Carolina is quickly climbing the ladder because they they just take everything and turn into a positive. Don Cherry a couple years ago rips them for being a bunch of jerks. Next thing you know, sea of jerks. They're in. Well, you know, but just but just in favor of, of your friends and, and the people that I uh, see in group chat and Chalupa and all that stuff. You know that Freddie's going to fucking shut us out Monday, right? 
you're oh, prepared. You prepared about that. That he's going to have the best game of the season against us in typical. Mm. Leaf. So they're going to throw your words and our words back. That's just typical Leaf nature. Even when we say all this stuff, you just know it's going to come back and bite us. Can you imagine that the Leafs actually have a stellar game and and all the big boys, all the ten mil plus boys, grab a goal, like grab a goal and assist, like like Maddie gets two, uh, Marner gets two. Johnny T get, gets to like uh, they just light Anderson up. That would be a fucking turning point. And listen, you know, yes. I, I don't even you know to be honest. Good for Anderson because obviously, like the season before last, they told me they were going to try to move him. They weren't able to move him. There's something going on, some injury that they didn't want to talk about. He has a shit season last year and signs for basically well like half a million bucks more than he was making before on a Carolina team which will be pretty decent this year. Good for him. I, I don't have any ill will towards Anderson. It's just too bad that they, they could make it work last year. I still don't believe Jack Campbell and Peter Mrazek will be the answer. I really think that for the most part, they're they're probably gonna. I think the Leafs are probably gonna win. I don't know, fifty games, maybe fifty-one games this year. I don't think they're gonna have a stellar season. I think they're gonna trickle into the playoffs. Everyone's got them finishing third in the East. I, I don't know. The team isn't gelling. All their plays are too complicated. They forgot how to play simple hockey, and it shows. Everything just shows. Yeah, I uh, I actually think I, I completely agree with you. I think there's a really good chance that they're going to be just fighting to get into the playoffs. It's going to be a scrap the last few games, and maybe unlike the Jays who we just talked about, maybe they will get in last minute just because they are a bit of that better team. And you know what? I will give them a bit of credit because that first game Matthews came back. I mean, all those shots he had, it was just a bit like we're playing goalies who are playing top notch. A few of the guys are snake bit, but holy shit, Marner looks mentally fucking soft. I know this guy's been the whipping boy and I kind of feel bad for guys in Toronto who become the whipping boy, but you know what? I don't care. You didn't take that hometown discount. We, that's what it is. And now you're you're letting everything get to you and it shows. Like he's not the same player that he was. He's not as creative. He's not like taking the chances he was. And I don't know if it's getting to him, but somebody needs to sit him down and figure out what the fuck's going on. Soupy, Campbell. I actually like him as a goalie. If he's healthy, I'm gonna give him a chance. Because like I said, besides Spezza, he's probably my second favorite leaf right now. So I don't really have faith in Mrazic. He's a hot and cold regular season goaltender, but never really seen playoffs. He can't get shit done. But I do like Soupy. And then quickly, Keith, change the fucking line. I know I'm swearing a lot. Move Marner back to Tavares like they had in the first season. Bring Willie up back to Matthews, and I don't give a shit. Put Spezza, Winger, first line or second line because the guy can produce. Do not have Nick Ritchie there, anybody else there. But you know what? It's not working out right now for the moment. Put Mitch back with JT. Switch up the top two lines because for some friggin' reason, we're one of the only top teams in the NHL where our top two lines, only one can be hot at, at like a time. Both both lines can't be buzzing. There's one's gotta be cold with issues and the other one's gotta be okay. So it's time to switch it up. There there is so much that confuses me about the J uh, sorry, the about the Leafs this this early in the season. I watch a, a handful of, of preseason games, but I didn't have my attention. And they did well in those games, but you know you're, you're looking at shit playing shit. You know it's sloppy hockey at best. It is. So I I wasn't and putting up chase. Yeah, I, I wasn't putting a bunch into it. Obviously, like Toronto right now is in love with Bunting, and rightfully so. You know, he he put his time in for for a guy who's got experience. 
doesn't local cost kid. a bunch. Local kid, you know, the Scarborough thing is nice. Yeah. Um, and you know, Simmons looks great so far this season. He look he looks like rangy. Like he looks like he's one of those guys. He'll probably like get maybe like seventeen goals, maybe twenty goals this season. But and, and they'll all be ugly goals. He'll have one nice goal, but everything else is gonna be shit. And the Leafs look like that team this year that's gonna do this. They're gonna have your snipies being all snipish. You're gonna have Matthews and, and Marner and Nylander and uh, and maybe Riley. For, you know, sniping, doing a little bit of sniping. And you're gonna have you're gonna have Spezza, Simmons, Richie, uh, Kasha, uh, hey. and whatever. Oh yeah, thank you. And uh, and Bunting all just sweeping up trash in front of the net. They're yeah. gonna have. I'm gonna call it now. You know, this year for highlight goals, at least might have a handful, but all the goals are gonna be shit, ugly, dirty goals. And I don't care. They, they, you know, you don't get bonus marks for style in this league. So if it's a goal, it's a goal, it's a goal, and those help you win games. So if they get all ugly goals, I don't give a shit. I don't care if every goal is under review if it counts. I don't care. Get all the ugly goals you want. You got those grinder guys who are gonna do that kind of stuff for you. Is 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 Nick Ritchie a fucking first line guy? No. Nick Ritchie is at best a third line guy. So maybe fourth line on a competitive team. Like that guy might be out of a fucking job in a couple months. I, 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 I like the signing. I thought the signing was going to be, okay, cool. You got yeah, a grinder. Who's a big body. Cool. Let, let, okay, let's go. Let's see it. You're replacing Hyman. I get it. You are not going to replace Hyman. You need to think of something else. You need to figure out something else because oh, yeah. Yeah. Those bros aren't going to get it done. Hyman's going to have a career year with McDavid too, and they're going to make the playoffs and go past the first round. That's another fucking thing that's going to happen to these Leafs. You know what? I, what? What? So I was just going to say this. Hyman going to Edmonton, yeah, wasn't easy to see. You know, the, the, he trying to really develop this guy. I get it. He was part of Florida for a little while. I get all those things too. But he really made his name in Toronto and grinding out and doing some wonderful stuff for the, the Leafs. Yeah. But he's he's definitely not worth the money that they signed him for. Of course, and the, the term that they signed him for is really, it's going to be great this season. It's going to be it might be great next season. Let me. I'm, yeah. I'm going to say it. yeah. Go ahead. Yeah, go, go ahead. I agree with you. I agree with you about the contract. Absolutely, the Leafs made the right decision as you pound that white that, mm. that they did not sign him. Like it's a it's a very good thing. I'm just saying with Leaf lore fashion, the guy's going to have a career year. Him and McDavid are going to be on the cover of the hockey news all season about how dynamic their chemistry is. And they're going to make it in the playoffs and he's going to score the game seven winning goal to put Edmonton into round fucking two. I'm just telling you that's what's going to happen. But yeah, the Leafs made the right decision in the salary cap era, not to resign Hyman. He was asking for too much. Yeah. And I, at the end of the day, I'm happy that the Leafs made the right business call. Uh, and you know, good, good for Hyman for finding that money. I didn't think Edmonton had that money to give out, seeing that they still don't have a goaltender. But they got a really solid top line now. They have a, a, a legit, yeah. Well, another year older, he, yeah. he might get 20, 20, 25 wins this year. You know, fine, it's fine. Oh, and but, just just for anybody being like, you know, hey, El Jefe, Bob. You guys are a little rough. It's it's only five games in. Like, why are you so heated? Uh, I just want to remind everybody, they just lost seven to fucking one to Pittsburgh. I'm getting pissed off rethinking about that fucking game right now. <laughs> I'm sorry for swearing. I'm going to stop swearing. But, dude, Crosby, Malkin, Carter. Letang. Like, their best power play one. I'm, I'm bringing it back to Dangle. What he's, 
he said. They were entire like one of their best lines is out of the game. Guys who haven't seen NHL time are are scoring goals. Like you want to talk about those garbage goals you were talking about before? Like where was that last night? Like that was like fine, you lost the Friday night game because Hutchinson is shit, and he is shit, but he's what you get for a third stringer goalie for that type of contract. Okay, salvageable, fine. Go in against Pittsburgh, your first game in America against a team that's outside of our division, and just nothing, nothing. It's uh, – I don't, I don't know what the answer is. I don't care what the answer is. Uh, when I, I checked out of that game when it was 4-1 or 5-1, and I said, fuck it. And hockey night. It's hockey night in Canada. It's your second one of the season. You need to get yourself back. Uh, I can't. I can't. I can't. <laughs> I know. Just know, just so know this. Frustrating. <laughs> the, that game is either is pinnacle for two two reasons. One, this is going to be the part of the gate, part of the season where they're like, "Fuck, guys, our heads are severely up our asses. Let's dislodge and get ourselves in the right direction." Or this is second loss or third loss in a row of ten. You know, and it's just going to be a mudslide from here. I, I don't know what the, I don't know where it is. Because again, it's only five games into the season. I like I said, I'm gonna give them 20 games, and I can go from there. I I'm don't really worried what you said though. That that it does worry me that that'll happen. That this could be slide like this, like this mentally, like like they're fucked. Like they're just so fucking soft as young guys. Like they just can't take this. And then the Toronto market, because it sucks, is gonna eat them up. And the media is just gonna hound them, and it's just gonna be bullshit. I can see it happening. You know, I, I thought going into the season, the Leafs were a legit A1 goalie away from making something happen. Because when when you look at the, the core, you know, you got, you got a handful of new players. You got, what, like five new players in the lineup. The defense is basically the same. And the defense is supposed to be good. Like, these guys are all, like, proven guys. The only guy who's not really proven, if you look at his Lilligren, and he probably won't get a ton of ice time. Uh, we all love what Sandine did last season, and he seems to be that player again so far. Uh, Brody and Riley, probably last year together, but we know what they're, they're good. Justin Hall, we trust Justin Hall, right? Is That's not a question, that's a statement, right? We trust Justin Hall. Uh, and Jake Muzzin is Jake Muzzin. He's steady as they come. When he's all healthy. The, when he's healthy, all these guys look like shit right now. It seems like every defense with a, or every forward with a pair of legs on him is beating them. Um, so the defense looks like shit. The goaltending looks like shit. The forwards all look like shit, except for Jason Spezza and maybe Wayne Simmons and maybe Bunting who started really hot, but wasn't looking good last two games. So I don't know. Yeah. A model, a model looks kind of good too. So I don't know. I, I don't know, but well, and Hey, and here's good news too, Lee fans is that not only does the defense look shit, like El Hefe said, but there's probably a team out there that's willing to pay Riley, what? 8 million, maybe northwards of that. So, we could actually lose him as well, Captain Mo, and the defense gets shittier because um, that's just going to keep happening. We're just going to keep losing guys. Uh, Morgan Riley has been the longest in Leaf in a long time. Not just not just right now, but in general. I mean, I honestly think the the last longest standing guy was Ty Domi, and then before that, Matt Sandin. But I don't really think he's coming back. There's no reason to see him come back. Even if it was a one-year deal, which it won't be, and you give him, what, seven or eight million bucks, you can't afford that. I know that there's a little bit coming off the books this year, but there's not a ton. Is it next year that the the cap goes up like a million bucks or something like that? 
yeah, something random, but but not not too big. It, it's still a couple of years away from a big jump. Yeah. So, bottom line is this is most likely Morgan Riley's last year. Oh, he'll go to had, Seattle or Vancouver or somewhere his West Coast, LA. Yeah. Well, you know, you know where he's going. He's fucking little Montreal or some bullshit like that because Montreal's not going to have to pay Weber. Whoa, you know, I thought about this the other day. What if? What if? Let's let's bring it back down. Let's bring it sexy. What if halfway through the season, Montreal's in full tank mode, and they're like, you know what, Jake Allen's all right, whatever, five million bucks. Let's retain some of Carey Price. Let's trade him to a team that needs a goaltender. What if the Toronto Maple Leafs ended up with Carey Price with partial re- retention of his salary, and in return they want I don't know either one of their goaltenders. Well, probably not Campbell because Campbell's making like no money. He's making like a million and a half or some bullshit like that. Let's say they get the trade Morazic. And like whatever, a prospect wall or some shit like that. And whatever, Morgan Riley for whatever. Who, uh, who gives a shit? I don't care. Whatever the, whatever the price is, and they get Carey Price. I know it would never happen, but let's just fucking fantasy book a little bit. No, he's not going to tr- go from Montreal to the big spotlight in Toronto. Well, with his oh, shoes. hot take. You probably saw it in our group chat, but did you hear the hot rumor of what really happened with Carey Price? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Sex addiction? <laughs> Pulling the old Tiger Woods. I don't know if I don't know if it's a goalie thing because goalies are kind of whack anyways. But Carey Price is an NHL poster boy, especially with his heritage. I if this is if this is true and it comes it gets out there, it's common knowledge. Then wow, that's gonna fucking hurt his market value overall. And who knows if he has another contract in him after the, after this one runs out? I don't think there is. I think he just like walks into the to the limelight but that's crazy that's crazy for me well just remember this man we've seen it in every other sport and whatever that talent forgives all so carrie price will find another job if he comes back and plays like pete carrie price after this and he's a changed man there's no yeah, problem like like uh, i don't know last year in the playoffs maybe i don't know i don't even think he was that good in the playoffs last year to be honest i think it was every, every other facet of that team it just helped that he was steady Okay, full on. I've already said it. I'm a hater. But, dude, we're Stanley Cup final team. Yes, they beat us. Like, they're, we're never going to be able to live it down. They have that over us now. But, like, honestly, pure luck. Pure oh, luck. yeah. Like, we were so close to winning. They got all the good bounces. They just got great goaltending. They they played hot for, like, just two playoffs here. Like, it was just us and then Winnipeg. They were just on this heater. They decided to play the best hockey of the entire season right then and there when we blew it. Well, because one of are in our heads, just like uh, Paul McLean said in that all or nothing documentary. Like these guys are shook. How about this? How about this? I call it the Ronda Rousey, AKA Holly Holmes theory. The Montreal, everyone knew it was Toronto Montreal weeks going into the playoffs. Toronto wasn't going to lose that top spot. And Montreal was just happy to be in Montreal made a conscious decision to be like, we need to play hockey. That's going to beat the Toronto Maple Leafs, not hockey. That's going to beat every other team. And they figured out the winning formula to beat the Maple Leafs. That's a bottom line. They dismantled the Jets after that. And to everybody's surprise, made it into this cup finals. Where they got manhandled by one of the best teams in the history of hockey. Um, So the Tampa Bay, A, I felt like everyone knew Tampa Bay was going to win the cup before the playoffs started. Uh, And also having Kucherov back in time magically for the playoffs to start was a quite an amazing feat. But I believe 
the Montreal Canadiens only played hockey to beat the Leafs. Everything else was bonus. Of course, that's what we. I mean, that's what I was playing for. <laughs> I, as I say that, because I didn't pick up a fucking stick or skates, and I don't actually play for the Leafs. But I mean, if you think about it, all Leaf fans, all have fans, both sets of players. I would hope with this rivalry on the line, everything that it means, it might be the last time we meet them in the playoffs for however long. Like, that's all I gave a shit about. That's all we talked about was to win one round. And then the fact that it ends up being the Montreal Canadiens after a season of all Canadian hockey for one year, like it was destiny for one of those teams. And just like everybody said, every time these teams have met up, one of them has gone to the Stanley cup finals afterwards. Like it was just destiny and typical Lee fashion. Unfortunately for you and I, we chose the wrong side in history because 23 cups and being a Montreal fan speaks volumes. You know, and I, to be honest, like, I don't hate Montreal. Like Montreal I is my main rivalry with they Toronto. Don't fucking hate Montreal. They hate I, us. I hate them. I dislike Montreal, obviously, because of the standing rivalry of who's the best team. I mean, but everybody knows. Respect Toronto, to everyone is people if they're Montreal fans, but go fuck yourself. Everything. Yeah. You oh, first and foremost, hundred <laughs> percent. But also, like everyone knows, the Leafs are Canada's team. Bottom line. Yeah. No one argues that. Everyone tries, but no one can. Toronto is Canada's team. Montreal, the argument's there. I know there's a rivalry because of that. And who is the best franchise in history? Everyone loves Montreal's multiple championships. Uh, but you know, Toronto's up there. They got their own. Uh, bottom line is, for me, is uh, my least favorite, or sorry, my biggest Toronto rivalry is easily Ottawa. Yeah. And, and then Boston for, in, in that order. And Montreal comes in third. Um, is there another team that I think is a bigger, bigger rivalry? I don't think so. I, Philly was in like the early 2000s, but I think it goes like this for top rivalries, Montreal, Boston, sorry, Ottawa, Boston, Montreal, in that order. I'm going to go Ottawa for sure first. I, I really hate Ottawa. I mean, I really, really hate that team. And I've been super polite because I've been kind of the new guy at work because my one lunch buddy is an Ottawa fan. And I've been like, oh, yeah, maybe Brady will resign. And <laughs> I'm just like, buddy, I hope not. I hope the Jumbotron falls on the ice with that team. I can't. <laughs> number two is number two is Montreal. I, I Can you can you hear me? Oh, you're back. Sorry, I lost you there. That's okay. Little Wi-Fi. Where did you? Where did I drop off? I, I think he, I think you're saying you but, after the. So I yeah. you know, Ottawa hate. Yeah, got it. And and obviously that's our childhood and our teenage years with beating them in the playoffs after they kick our ass in the regular season all the time. The whole Patrick Lalim stuff. But Montreal is definitely number two, inherited from my father. I can't stand them. Obviously, we've never had the rivalry in our life like the hatred back then but every time i just i just feel it i can't stand it. and then yeah boston's number three everybody else yeah. who cares about like they're just whatever they, they want to oh, be in the universe you don't believe in the, the toronto vegas rivalry yeah hey yeah and i you know what i'll be a little vegas bandwagoner because when i went to vegas before all the world bullshit happened like put put toronto to shame best arena experience out there i will say that for vegas you know, those, those new teams really have fit figured out when, how to captivate new fans. I, I, what Vegas did with the Kraken in that, did you see yeah, that whole that. ice war? Oh, so cool. Yeah. Um, I, I, I love, I love that new NHL experience when it comes to us old bitter Bettys. You know, I think it's, I think we just want some wins. We don't care about the theatrics. All we want are the wins. Um, and, and I think that's fine too. I think we, we end this as, as this, um, 
Lease edition coming up in probably uh, a week's time. We'll have roughly a month of the Leafs in action, and we can cover more in detail of what's happening this season as opposed to what happened last season. We will not do all this, you know, new to the team, uh, not new to the team. We're just going to cover the season uh, and hopefully not cry, man. Like the Jays were so 500 for 90% of the season. It wasn't until the last game, last month of the season where it all kind of heated up for the Jays. I don't want that to happen with the Leafs this year. I want the Leafs to fucking turn it around as soon as uh, tomorrow, please. And then just get hot. Yeah, I hope you're not wrong. Uh, I mean, it just this this podcast brought out the heat in me for the first time since that Montreal about the Leafs. I really tried to keep it at bay and lie to myself that I didn't care as much as I did. Obviously, I do. Yeah, I, I need to go for a walk. <laughs> yeah, I'm but, hot. Yeah, but it's just you know what I'm going to say right now is a little prediction, and I hope I'm wrong. And you bring it up, and you tell me that I'm wrong, and maybe during the season, you know. I jump on our typical Leaf bandwagon and I get excited. I'm going to say right now, the Leafs are going to make the playoffs and lose the first fucking round. There you go. There's Don't our say future. It. Don't say it. That's all they deserve. My prediction, uh, Mitch Marner and Austin Matthews collide mid-ice. Both have concussions and can't finish the season. That's Leafs finish. Bad. You don't <laughs> that. What are you talking about? Uh, hot take. Um, you know what? I'm going to save some predictions. We'll save some predictions for the next episode. Bah, this has been the good bad in Toronto. This has been an hour long and very therapeutic. I might actually watch that all or nothing prime series now. I've been holding it off. I just every time I go to every time I go to watch it, I fucking I have flashbacks of fucking Phil Kessel being like, get one, Randy. Um, from that last uh, you know, that HBO thing that they did with the Leafs. Um, so I, I don't know if I can take it right now. I just I just want I don't want my fucking Toronto teams to suck. And I thought we had such a high you know, I, I just, I just want them. I want it to be right again. It's not right. It doesn't feel right. It doesn't look right. I just want it to be right. Yeah, it definitely doesn't feel right. But you know what, man, you gotta, you gotta watch it. It is cathartic. You'll come away liking Keith because Keith, I, even though they play like shit and don't have the answers, but he seems to know what's wrong. The questions with this team, but they just don't seem to have the answers. Dubis, for young and whatever he looks like. I mean, he's a bit of a hard ass. You're going to come away appreciating both those guys. And and then the most pathetic part is that our entire playoffs take about 15 minutes of the last episode. So there you go. Awesome. I love it. <laughs> so good. Um, okay. Bob, thank you for doing this as always. What do you guys got coming up? Yeah. So uh, season three of everything, the new season of mustard is just, everybody's fired up and excited. We got nothing but miss coming up uh, this week. It's the first time Raptors talk NBA preview, Melky and I getting back together this month. We're recording the first uh, new episode of mustard with our brand new co-host, uh, Mark, you know, King calf, whatever his nickname is, but Mo's little brother. I'm excited to do that. We're back with movie reviews. You and I've got Leafs going on. And then, uh, a couple of nobody gives a fuck episodes uh, sprinkled in between. I love it. I've got obviously this year listening to this. Thank you so much for getting through it. I mean, an hour and change. Um, we've got a sexy Halloween edition of. I think it's gonna be. It's supposed to be milk and cookies, but I think it's just gonna be like an NA thirty thing. So we're oh. gonna do a sexy spooky Halloween edition, oh. uh, just in time for Halloween. Which, as an adult with kids, I think it's fun again. But if you're like past age of like thirty two. And give a shit about Halloween. Go fuck yourself. You heard it here first. (laughs) 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 All right. All right. All right. Um, For the good, bad, and turtle, I'm Anthony Alhefe for Ball Walker.
piece. Uh, Halloween candy is going to be on sale in a couple days. Everybody get that and fuck me, right? <laughs>